Welcome back. Some years ago, I met a young man. He's still a young man named Ibu Patel. And I thought, okay, this kid is really, really smart. He has proven himself to be more than smart over the last few years and through five books. His fifth book is a terribly important, wildly readable book called We Need to Build, Field Notes for Diverse Democracy. Ibu, I wish you were in the studio. I'd love to see you, but how are you? I'm doing great. You are too kind, Rick. I want to thank you for who you are, a Chicago institution that connects <laughs> well, the past and the I, present in this town and points towards the future. So hey, stop it. Uh, I feel like I've watched you grow up. And I, this book, a, a half hour is not enough. I may have to write a story about this book because this is a very bold... I will not stop you. Yeah, you yeah. No, I, I, I've never met an author who would stop that kind of thing. Uh, but I, it is a very bold... It's very provocative and i hope i it's a hopeful book to me do you see it that way too absolutely it's a hopeful book look it's it's who we are as americans right we come together through bridges of cooperation we uh insist on possibility we turn that into reality and chicago is a town that has done that from you know jane adams <laughs> to michael jordan to barack obama so well, you uh, were to your great mentor and friend, Studs Terkel. Yeah, right? but I, so I think, we, you know, let's even since I've met you, it literally seems to me as if the world has gotten more the world. And I'm talking about America precisely. The world is, is beyond my uh, understanding, but it has gotten more divisive that uh, elements are always seem in conflict there. There's a long piece, the first of two pieces today in the New York Times about Tucker Carlson. Tucker Carlson, for instance, Ibu Patel, is not your role model for what you would like to see this world become, is he? He is not. Yeah. But, you know, I think one of the special things about this book, one of the things I like about it the most is I don't spend too much, too much time on the things I do not love, right? And actually, one of my favorite lines in the book is, you defeat the things you do not love by building the things you do. Yeah. And I think that that is the American tradition. It's the Chicago tradition. That's why I spent so much time on Jane Adams. Right. Here's this young woman, late 19th century, comes to uh, really what is a tough, tough city. Oh, right? yeah. And she sees problems all, all around, and she just starts solving them. She just starts solving them. And well, she was also, Ibu, as you, as you detailed in an excerpt from the book in uh, uh, a recent April 22nd uh, editorial page piece, uh, that she was not in great shape when she got here, was she? No. Yeah. Uh, she was you know, having a mental health crisis. Yeah. Uh, uh, at the time, they called it neurasthenia. <laughs> uh, and look, this is, we're having a mental health crisis you could say collectively as a nation, but certainly among adolescents. Uh, and it's tough. It's tough to be a young person today. And I think we help young people when we help them find their purpose. And so often that purpose is serving others. And it's bringing people from diverse identities and divergent ideologies together to serve others. And one of the things I really emphasize in this book is Diversity is not just the differences you like. It's not just samosas and egg rolls, right? Right, Diversity right. Diversity is working with people who you <clears throat> might not like on a common life together. That's the American project. That's the American project. You know, you, you initially, you start, you, you, you 
worked for Obama. You were an advisor to Obama for a while. You got uh, became active, very active, and you became an activist in college and a community organizer. And you, you tell me why? Because I first met you, you were running the Interfaith Youth Corps, which is now called Interfaith America. It's bigger. I'm hoping it is uh, better funded, and I'm hoping it is uh, spreading out even further than the International Youth Corps. Why the name? I I know it seems uh, superficial, but why the name change? Yeah, thank you for that question. So, so, you know, we have been building this organization for 20 years here in Chicago, Interfaith Youth Corps, and it's a very Chicago, it's a Chicago organization that's a gift to the country, I think. Yep. And as we kind of looked up these last few years, we realized, boy, the young people that we worked with in college 15 years ago, they're now some of the most influential rabbis in the country. Mm-hmm. They are uh, women starting their own organizations, like Jen Bailey, who I write about in the book, Founding Faith Matters. Yeah. Uh, they are uh, people like Yusra Ghazi, who is now a diplomat with the State Department. And there's thousands of these people, and they are really architects of a new chapter in American history. Look, Rick, the term Judeo-Christian, that was invented in the 1930s as a response to the white, Christian, violent nationalism of that era in the form of the KKK. Mm. And on January 6th, we saw the ugliest side of a similar movement. And we think that America is best defined by how its best people respond to its worst elements. This is a moment to redefine the nation in the positive direction of diversity, in the positive direction of cooperation. And we think the title of this next chapter in American life is Interfaith America. And we wanted to name ourselves as the organization that took principal responsibility for writing and building that next chapter. Do you worry however, Ibu Patel, about some of the, and I know you're not a worrisome guy. You are, you are a, uh, an opti, you've always been a very optimistic person. And I think in this book, you have sort of shown a, a roadmap to, to my mind, to a better, more just society. But are you worried about the, you know, the sort of inflaming nature of, uh, others out there trying to also, in a vastly different and more destructive fashion, change America. I worry, but ninety nine percent of of what I do is hope and work. Yeah. Yeah. You know, look, I'm, I'm inspired by religion. I'm inspired by my own faith in Islam. I'm inspired by by uh, other religions, Catholicism, Judaism, Evangelical Christianity, Jainism, the Baha'i faith, and so much of what religion teaches us is hope in the face of despair. There's a beautiful hadith or saying of the Prophet Muhammad, may the peace and blessings of God be upon him, that if the world was to end and you had uh, uh, a seed or a sapling in your hand planted, because there's always hope. There's always hope. Well, one of one of one of our mutual heroes' uh, uh, favorite phrases was, "Hope dies last." Hope dies last. That's yeah, last thing that's to right. go, and I don't, yeah. I don't think it's going now. I want to talk uh, even with we take a short commercial break, and it's so good to talk to you. And it was even one of the things about you, young man, is I've read all of your books, and I remember the first one. You you become such a 
uh, you've grown into such a, you were not bad before. I'm not saying you were bad, but you have grown through each book into such a powerful, powerful writer. And this book is a powerful book. It's not an academic book, ladies and gentlemen. I'm going to talk to Ibu about uh, it's peppered with some of your heroes, Ibu, and I want to talk to you about about those folks, too. I mean, John Lewis at all, if that's okay with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, good to talk to you. Again, the book is titled, We Need to Build, Field Notes for Diverse Democracy. Ibu will be speaking about it uh, on May 7th at the Chicago Humanities Festival, just you know, you people are smart out there. Just Google Ibu Patel and Chicago Humanities Festival. We'll talk about that event, and we'll talk more with Ibu Patel after this short commercial break. Welcome back. Rick Kogan on uh, After Hours, uh, talking to my old pal, Ibu Patel, who is one of the brightest and most hopeful uh, people I know. His fifth book, five books, Ibu, that's pretty amazing. We Need to Build, Field Notes for Diverse Democracy. Uh, it is provocative, and it is, it's a roadmap of sorts, ladies and gentlemen, and it's a roadmap of hope, I think. You want America in part, in part of the message in this book, Ibu, and tell me I'm nuts or didn't read it correctly, is you want this country to see itself differently than it does now. Am I nuts? Well, I, I want America to live into its highest possibility and hope. Mm. And I think that that is being a potluck nation and not a melting pot. Uh, melting pot was the metaphor that was uh, created over a hundred years ago, it suited the time. It was a time when uh, there was high levels of, of European immigration, and there were lots of cultural hatreds being brought over from Europe. But the idea was, let's melt those hatreds. I think that's a good idea yeah. back in the early yeah. 20th century. But right now, what we need to do is welcome people's diverse identities to the table, like a potluck does. You don't want to go to a potluck where everybody's from the same ethnic and religious background, because it's all casseroles, <laughs> or it's all idiotic. Exactly, right? exactly. You want to pop up with people from a range of ethnic and religious and racial backgrounds, bringing dishes from their various cultural heritages. You get to try new things. You get to have creative com- combinations. Everybody brings a dish, and the nation feasts. And everybody is responsible for the common upkeep of the space. Clean utensils, clean tables, etc. We call it the respect, relate, cooperate way to do diversity. Mm. Respect people's identities, relate across difference, cooperate for a common life together. It's not hard to think about, and we got to start doing more of it. Exactly, you do. I mean, it, it, this is not a, a your book uh, is not a lesson plan, but it, there are lessons aplenty in here. <laughs> You, you also address in the book many of your heroes, people you admire for having done and who are continuing and will in the future try to do this. I was very moved by your, your take on, on the great late John Lewis. Uh, and, and talk to me about, about what he meant to you. You, you know, so here, here's, here's a man who so believed in God and in his Christian faith that he would preach to the chickens in his backyard as a yeah, child. Right? I know. I, didn't, I did not know that. I found that fascinating. It's, a, it's this great image, right? Yeah. And his parents were sharecroppers. And so in the deep, deep South, right, in the ugliness of segregation, here's this 
little black kid inspired by the Bible preaching the chicken. <laughs> and then he goes to seminary in Nashville, and he learns about Gandhi, this Hindu from India, and he becomes inculcated in the philosophy of nonviolence, right? And so sure. Christian roots are kind of are meeting this Hindu notion of nonviolence, that Himza, which of course inspires King also. And then John Lewis famously marches with King and Selma. He gets his skull cracked open. He helps create this revolution in American society against the evil of segregation. Yeah. Right? He leads the sit-ins. And then he does the most remarkable thing. He's able to go from a protester in the street to somebody who responsibly holds power in Congress. Yeah. And there are so yeah. few people yeah. who can go from leading a revolution to governing properly, right? And this is what the, the great play Hamilton's about, right? You remember right. when uh, sure. George Washington says to Alexander Hamilton, winning is easy, governing is hard, right? Yeah. And John Lewis, he helps to win a revolution against the evil of segregation, and then he is able to be the seat of power in Congress, and one of the things that he does is he helps to pass the legislation that establishes the National African American Museum of History and Culture. And if you haven't been there in D.C., it's just this, like, citadel of American possibility. It goes through the dark, dark generations of slavery and segregation and then into this kind of great light of American hope. Mm. And John Lewis is kind of is a, is a person who leads us from one place to another. You know, when Obama signed his, his book to John Lewis, the, 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 the signature read, Because of You. Because of you. Another notion Ibu Patel in the book that I'm taken by, and I jotted it down in the margin of the book, I, and if you could elaborate on it, I, 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 I won't. You should. Constructive activism. I, I'm so taken with, with what that is. Tell people what that is. Yeah. So look, you can protest bad things out of existence, but if you want good things, you got to build those. Right. Uh, right. You can you can protest a bad school out of existence, but that doesn't mean a good school is going to drop from the sky into into its place. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's this small but loud group of folks who all they talk about is dismantling and and, you know, revolutions and this and that. And I'm like, listen, you dismantle everything that way lies, not paradise, but chaos. Sure. And what we need is people who believe in the American possibility, the kind of social change agents who say, I'm going to defeat the things I do not love by building the things I do. I'm going to build better schools. I'm going to build better uh, social services organizations. I'm going to build better mental health services. I'm going to build better youth services organizations. I'm going to build a better interfaith organization. That was the commitment that I made. I'm going to, and and that's who Jane Addams was. And that's who Jeffrey Canada was. And that's who uh, that's who Jeffrey Canada is. That that's who Paul, the great Paul Farmer, who founded Partners in Health, was. Right. That's who Muhammad Yunus, who founded the Grameen Bank, is. And I, I kind of in in these three four paragraphs in this book, I kind of I kind of thumbnail sketch all of these architects of the better who spent their time not denouncing the bad that is, but going about building the better that could be. And we live in their reality. And one of the things I write about is Jane Addams 
like creates this whole layer of American democracy, right? Yeah. Public sure. health, mm-hmm. juvenile justice, uh, um, uh, coffee shops and cafes, uh, youth leadership programs, this whole layer of American democracy that we just entirely take for granted. And our era, the early 21st century, was a lot like her era, the turn of the 20th century. Yeah. And what we need, and actually a lot of what my organization tries to do, is to inspire, nurture, train, network a generation of Jane Adams for the early 21st century, interfaith leaders for the early 21st century. Man, could we? that's a great idea. We could, my father was so... Uh, he, in love with, you didn't know her, but he was in love with Jane Addams and everything she stood for, and I know Studs was too. Before we talk about this upcoming uh, uh, speaking engagement of yours on May 7th at the Humanities Festival, uh, the book is 24 chapters, most of them very, very short. There's kind of messages. They're like Many of them are just like letters. One of the most uh, intriguing to me was chapter 16. Persuade your opponents. Persuade them. Don't argue with them. Don't fight with them. Uh, easier said than done, Ibu Patel? I mean, absolutely. But have you ever known somebody to change his or her mind after they've been screamed at in the face? No. You know, a good point. No, yeah. I mean, and so doing it is just, it's, you know, it's the definition of insanity, right? Yeah. Like it, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, thinking right. you're going to get a different result. So I, I tell him that, you know, I, I love the way you characterize the letters. Like these are, these are letters of hope for the architects of hope, our fellow citizens, uh, by which I mean, everybody who contributes to American democracy, I don't care what your papers say, you know, yeah, yeah. everybody <laughs> Tell contributes me about to it, American yeah. democracy, you know. Well, the book concludes, uh, um, too, with a very moving uh, a letter to my sons, future builders of diverse democracy. You will be in conversation with someone, I have no idea who, but I suppose you'll be in conversation with someone on May 7th at the Humanities Festival, the topic being this book and the topic being some of the things we've talked about. Uh, Ibu, I do want to write about this book, and I would like to see you because I've, uh, you know, who knows, 20 years ago when I first met you, I thought, okay, maybe this kid will do something. And you've done you've done plenty, Ibu. Uh, again, once again, the title of the book is We Need to build field notes for diverse democracy the author is ibu patel that's e-b-o-o last name p-a-t-e-l look him up ibu it's great to talk to you and congratulations this is this is such a hopeful such a hopeful book uh it gives it gives me hope i appreciate you i look forward to seeing you soon rick and i'll be with yasha monk the great political theorist at the Chicago Humanities Festival, uh, 4 o'clock on May 7th. And I look forward to seeing your listeners Terrific. there. Should, Thank you so much, Rick. It should be, Jim, my pleasure. We'll take care.